Welcome to the Browns Wire podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is Adam Moore, as always. And we got a special guest this week. We have NFL pro prospect Mason Kinsey out of Barry College, the wide receiver, 3,330 career receiving yards, 55 career touchdowns, ran a 4-3-6-40, 36-inch vertical, and 19 reps on the bench press as pro day at Kennesaw State. And it was the only D3 player at the East-West Shrine game. Did I leave anything out, Mason? Uh, no, sir. I think I think you covered the base. Wait, dude, those are... Hey, four four three, dude. That's blazing fast. Yeah, is that real? Uh, I, yeah, I got I got to give a lot of credit to um, Chip Smith's um, Chip Smith's performance. Man, he he got me ready. I, I've been working out there since mid December. Our, our D three season ended a little early, so um, I've been working out there since December fourteenth, and got to do my pro day um, <clears throat> at the facility. So yeah, man, it, it was great. That's awesome, buddy. How important do you think that was? I mean, because there's been some, there, there's been some talk. You, you, you know, you're fighting for a roster spot, right? You, I would say that you're probably one of those guys that's. I guess that's my first question. Where do you view your draft stock? Um, just from what I've heard from teams, uh, late rounds, the priority free agent. Um, okay. You know, I, I think there's some teams that are very um, interested in me. I've had I've had interviews with teams. Um, had face. FaceTimes and, and Zoom calls with position coaches, special teams coaches, um, gotten even somewhat more attention than I was expecting because I didn't really know what the process was going to be like. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest two questions for me that I had to answer were how athletic is he as far as running because my, my tape speaks speed, um, but my level of competition was hard to judge off how fast I'm actually running. So, I think the two questions I had to answer were level of competition and speed. Um, and, and the East-West Shrine game gave me an opportunity to answer the level of competition question. And I, I showed up and did what I had to do there. And then the next step was pro day. So um, really just talking to teams now and, and uh, playing the waiting game at this point. Yeah, you mentioned you've been talking to teams. Are you, are you allowed to say which teams you've, you've uh, been, been speaking with? I mean, yeah. Um, I've, I've probably talked to – uh, like six or eight teams um, on FaceTime. Uh, so I've talked to Colts, Patriots, um, Chargers, Vikings, um, Jets. Uh, I've talked to Panthers on the phone. I've talked to Cardinals on the phone. I've talked to Dolphins on the phone. Um, Rams on the phone. Yeah, I talked to them yesterday. Um, but that's, that's really in just like the last like two weeks. Um, so I had a top 30 visit schedule with the Colts and the Jets, um, and they obviously got canceled. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, I, cool. I, I didn't get to go on those visits, but, um, yeah. yeah, those are the teams I've talked to the most probably in the last like week and a half, two weeks. That's pretty cool. Can you tell us who you spoke with on the Panthers? Cause, cause Josh, Josh knows somebody on the staff and he's actually my cousin on the staff too. So I was just curious. Yeah, that was actually today. Um, he texted me today. Uh, uh, let's see, Eli Montague. Okay. No, Chase Blackburn. Okay, Chase Blackburn is the um, the special teams coordinator down there in Carolina. I know Josh has worked with him a little bit. He's from from up in Ohio, from where we are. He's actually my third cousin too. So if you go to Carolina, man, you hit me up. I'll, I'll, hook, I'll hook you up. Awesome, man. Yeah, thanks. I uh, yeah, I talked to. 
Mr. Montague today, he said he was the director of Todd scouting and he worked with the receivers. So uh, me and him chopped it up for about 10 minutes today. So it was a good conversation. Well, it, it, these these number. Well, first of all, Adam, if if he gets if he goes out of Carolina, you'll be hitting him up because he'll be the professional <laughs> athlete. But right. anyways, uh, do the, these numbers are no joke, and you have good size too. Again, correct me if I'm wrong, but you measured it at six foot one ninety five, right? Yeah, I mean, at my pro day, um, you know, in college, you know, they kind of inflate inflate your numbers a little bit. But I'm right at five ten and a half, five eleven. Uh, but I'm still two hundred pounds. I, I fluctuate from one ninety eight to two hundred, so. Maybe lost an inch, but it just makes you look a little bit bigger, you know. Right, right, and I mean, and you're running in the four threes, and you have you do people look at your receiving stats, but you're also a very effective returner. I, I guess that's my next question. How you talked about being a late round prospect? How do you think this pro day helped you? I mean, I've seen these numbers come across my screen from multiple people, and you got a lot of people excited. And it's not just that blazing forty time. Nineteen reps on the bench press is no joke. That's strong. That indicates that you can you can handle man to man coverage up close and up in your up and personal. How do you think this has elevated your stock? Um, I think it's done nothing but help. Um, I think, you know, like I said, that that was a question. Um, you know, coming from a smaller school, they want to see if you can, you know, athletically line up against some of the best players in the country. And, you know, on the football field, I feel like I answered those questions at the East West Shrine game. And at my pro day, you know, I had to put the numbers up. And, you know, I felt like I, what I had to do <clears throat> there was just show that I could put up the same numbers as guys that are playing Power 5. Um and, you know, that, that's something I, I really had to concentrate on because, um, you know, you don't want to leave anything out on the table for someone to question. So especially coming from a smaller school. So I definitely had to check all the boxes. And, um, you know, I was glad that I came with the opportunity to work out with Chip. And he did a great job of, you know, getting me in great shape, um, great combine shape, and even fitting in positional there too with uh, Tavares King, which is one of my best friends. And he actually played in Carolina for – for a while, um, played with the Broncos. He was drafted in the fifth round by the Broncos out of UGA, and that's like my big brother. So um, he also helped me a lot. Yeah, that, that's got to be a, certainly an advantage for you throughout this process. And, and you know, we're, we're in un, uncharted territory with everything going on with the coronavirus. You know, can you speak to a little bit about how that's affected your preparation or what are you doing to kind of set yourself apart uh, in these times where you're not able to get in front of teams for workouts and those types of things? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is, you know, still being able to get in as much work as possible, even even when it's, you know, a little bit more difficult. Um, today, I actually drove to Tavares' house in Gwinnett. Uh, that's in Georgia. A lot, most people in Georgia will know where Gwinnett is. But um, I, I drove to Gwinnett today to his house. You know, he has a jug machine. He's got turf in his backyard. He has a weight room in his basement. So, you know, I'm going there multiple times a week. And the days that I don't go to Gwinnett, uh, my dad's like a big bodybuilding lifter guy. So, uh, we do a lot of bodybuilding and more muscle group type things with him and, you know, just trying to stay in football shape. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily have to be a combine athlete anymore. And the biggest thing for me is I need to be in playing shape because we don't know after the draft if, if, the, if the lift, <clears throat> if the travel ban and things like this, you know, get lifted, then, you know, we could be in camp two weeks after the draft or we could be a month and a half, two months away. We don't really know. Um, it's kind of up in the air right now. So I just know – I need to be in playing shape in the next week or two. I need to be in the best physical shape of my life as far as football shape goes. So that's just kind of what I'm shooting towards. Are you concerned at all with the fact that there might not be 
um, rookie mini camps or training camps. I mean, for instance, the Cleveland Browns are a team that really, really thrives and utilizes those. Uh, Javante Dean, for instance, uh, matter of fact, another Division Three star, Blake Jackson, was invited to a rookie camp and then actually and lend, landed on the active roster. That's how he got his start. Are you concerned that those opportunities might go away from you? I mean, has your agent talked to you about a potential backup plan or? Um, well, right now, I mean, we're shooting, like I said, as far as draft stock, you know, late rounds to priority free agent. Um, just with the conversations I've had with teams and my agent, I don't see myself dropping below, you know, a priority free agent guy, um, especially, you know, because I, I showed up at the Shrine game. But, yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. You know, you want to try and get as much reps as you can, you know, get to know the playbook, you know, get to know the offense. Um, and, and reps is what's important for rookies. You know, you want to get in and get – you know, in a rhythm, and you want to get there with guys. Once you get into regular team camp, you want to get in with there with guys that can show you the ways and show you the ropes, and you know, that's difficult. So it's definitely going to make it a lot harder for rookies. But you know, I'm really, I'm really ready to accept the challenge, and you know, I'm just kind of on my toes, and I got my bags packed, and I'm ready for <clears throat> whenever my name's called for me to for me to fly out and go somewhere. I'm ready to go. Yeah, you you've got some great tape. That's one thing you've got going for you, especially in, in in this year with everything going on. Scouts are going to have to rely on tape more than more so than anything else. You you kind of brought up the the fact that you you know you did play in the D three. It wasn't the same level of competition, but regardless, the tape stands for itself. You know you've been you and you played all over the field too, which I thought was a really uh, you know really uh, and I added benefit for you. You played essentially every single wide receiver, wide receiver position. Where do you see yourself fitting in in the NFL? Is it the slot? Are you playing on the boundary? What do you think? Um, so, yeah, like you said, I mean, at, at Barry, I played my senior year. I played a lot in the boundary. Um, I rotated in the slot in different formations and things like that. I played both X, Z. You know, I, I really was all over the field. But for me, when I went to the Shrine game, Coach Randall L, Antoine Randall L was our receivers coach out there, and he told me and Malcolm Perry, he was like, hey, y'all are uh, Swiss Army Knights. And he said, I need y'all to learn X, Z, and F. So, literally, during the days of practice, um, I was going X, Z, F, X, Z, F, X, Z, F, and just rotating every day. Um, and during the game, I actually played outside receiver at the Shrine game. But, you know, just from the different teams I've talked to, it really just depends on what they like, um, what's their preference. You know, like Tampa Bay, for an example, who I've talked to some, you know, they, they like Mike Evans, they like Chris Godwin, they like those guys in the slot. They like bigger bodies in the slot. And they got guys like Miller on the outside that can run. And, you know, he's a guy that's 5'9", 175 pounds, and he can play on the outside. So I think the biggest thing for me is just being able to be ready to play anything. You know, you want to be able to play all positions and not really have necessarily a preference. Just make sure that you're prepared to go anywhere on the field, wherever they're, they're going to put you, you can be successful. Yeah, I mean that's what that I mean. Running a four three is a is a big deal, especially you mentioned how teams are starting to to kind of put some of their big bodied receivers inside, letting them work the middle a little bit. If you you know, say if you put Mike Evans or Chris Godwin on the inside, and you put somebody on the outside like you or Deshaun Jackson who can just you know just kind of take the top off and 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 you know kind of draw that safety help because of your speed, you know that that you know a lot of teams are trying to do that. It's a big big plus for those types of wide receivers like yourself. Yeah, no doubt. So when you're at the Shrine game, my understanding is that you probably you, you probably got to briefly speak with every single team there, correct? Yeah, um, I had I had I've talked to all 32 teams. Um, I had 24 come by in the fall at Barry, so I had 20. I talked to 24 scouts during the fall, so I was missing like I guess eight teams. Um, but I, I got to clear all 32 bases when I went to the Shrine game, yes, sir. 
So what what do you think you could bring to Cleveland? Um, I think for me, you know, um, you know, being a late round guy and being or or a priority free agent, you know, you're, you're coming in trying to make the roster. For me, you know, I I want to win. I want to be a winner, um, and I think that I am a winner. We won four straight conference championships when I was at Barry. And the biggest thing for me is I tell people all the time I want to be the best at everything that I do. So if I'm delivering mail, I want to be the best mailman in the country. Um, and if if they put you at kicker, if they put you a long snapper, if you're the fifth or sixth receiver on the on the depth chart, you know, I want to be the best at every single thing that I do. Um, and that's all that's all you can ask for. Um, and, and I'm going to come in and give the best effort that I can every single day. I'm going to be the hardest worker in the room, no matter where I am on the depth chart, where I come from, what my name is. Um, that's something that you know you're going to get out of me. You're going to get 100% every single day, and I'm going to show up on the field ready to play. Um, so the biggest thing for me year one is just trying to you know, make a squad, obviously, and, and bring a winning culture and winning energy to any team. Um, and I, I think that I can definitely, you know, help bring that to Cleveland. They already got a great start at receiver, man, Odell and Jarvis. And, you know, the tight ends are stacked, obviously. So, um, you know, I, I think that's the best thing I can do is just come in and <clears throat> bring great energy every day and give everything I got. Right, so I, I, I love the big question. The big question is, did you wake up this morning? Were you feeling dangerous? <laughs> yes sir every day got to you have to yes, well I, I love the mail i love the mailman line i'm gonna i'm gonna steal that but uh moving on so we talked about the level of competition do you think so becoming from the d3 level i know that it kind of gets has a negative connotation but i mean we've seen Pierre Garçon, Cecil Shorts, Jake Kumro, Brandon Zylstra, uh, uh, Ali Marpet on the offensive line. We've seen those guys come in and make an impact, and it's immediate. So do you think that those guys kind of help pave the way to make it easier for a D3 guy like yourself make it in the league, or do you think it's still just as hard? You know, I think, I think it is difficult, um, but I think with those guys, you know, it really brings hope to some people, you know. Um, because now you have people to look back on, especially at the wide receiver position. You mentioned Cecil Shorts and Pierre Garcon. I mean, those guys, you know, made a lot of money and played really good football in the league for an extended amount of period of time. So um, for me, you know, I, I feel like I can play with the best players in the country. Um, I've trained with the best players in the country. I've, I've seen what it is. I, I've ran, I've done one-on-ones with guys in the league. Um, I've ran against guys that are playing in the league when I was working out at Chip Smith because he's got so many vets that come in there and do off-season training. Um, but I think the biggest, the biggest mis- misconception with Division three and Division two is I tell this to people all the time. Besides the top ten teams in Division two, the only difference between Division two and Division three is academics. Um, I think Division three takes academics a little bit more serious than Division two schools do. Um, because obviously you can't give out athletic scholarships. So if you can't get into the school or you don't have good grades, you're going to end up paying 20 grand a year to go to a nice Division three school. Um, and I also think that people don't necessarily see the biggest difference in Division three and Division one is inside the box. It's the front seven. Um, you know, the offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, yes. You know, there <clears throat> there's times where I was playing Mary Harden Baylor who won a national championship. Both corners are six three, one's an all American. We're playing St. Thomas, who's number fourteen in the country, my sophomore year, second line of the playoffs. Both corners are six two, long, can run. You know, there there's not that much of a difference in in athleticism. Um, I think it's opportunity, I think it's academics, and I also think <clears throat> 
that people just don't think people are athletic enough to play Division One football. But I, I, I see myself as a Division One player that played in Division Three level. Um, and I think there's actually a lot of guys out there that get overlooked. Um, there's a lot of players that I played that are better than guys that I've trained with or went up against that played Division One football that I played on a week-to-week basis four years in a row at Barrett College. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I think there's going to be more and more people at the Division Three level that continue to make it, that continue to surprise people in camp and make rosters. And those guys have done nothing but paved the way for us and made it easier for us to get recognized, man. You can only be thankful for those guys. Yeah, that's a great point you mentioned about some of the guys you're, you're going up against and some of the ta- you know the talent that you see at the Division Three level. You know, so much of life is about opportunity, and some of these guys just don't get the the same opportunities. And, and it, you know, it is what it is. It's not fair, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, kind of go back. Let's let's go back earlier in your career. You mentioned your relationship with Tavares King. Um, you because you, I heard, I read somewhere you were you played running back, right? And he he's the one that actually kind of convinced you to switch into the wide receiver position. Yeah, uh, I played running back since I was seven years old. Uh, my dad was my coach growing up every single every single year up until I was in eighth or ninth grade. Um, ninth grade, I was actually starting to love basketball. Um, I got I got a little basketball. Um, basketball life story I uh went to just trial for basketball my seventh grade year didn't make the team um and I wasn't really used to like not being decent at stuff athletic wise um it kind of hurt my feelings it kind of made me a little bit determined um ended up trying out for the eighth grade basketball team and ended up being the leading scorer in the county my eighth grade year and and so I was like, oh, man, I'm just going to play basketball. You know, me being in eighth grade thinking I'm going to be – my doctor tells me I'm going to be 6'3", and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Duke. So um, I'm like, I'm like, this football stuff, man, I, you know, I, I love football, but I'm going to be a basketball player. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the next Steph Curry, the LeBron James. You know, that's going to be me. So um, I was actually going to quit football in my ninth grade year, and uh, Tavares was like, hey, man, look, you know, we ran the triple option when I was coming in as a freshman. And then he was like, look, you got a new coach coming in. You got things like this. He's like, I can teach you how to play receiver. I'm going to be here in the offseason. I'm going to be here on weekends. You know, I'm going to be here as much as I can. And every single time I come out here to work out, you come out here and work out with me. And I promise you, if you don't want to play football after that, I'm not going to force you to. And he was like, and you can do whatever you want to do. But I think you can be successful at playing receiver. So he took me under his wing. And, you know, he really helped me out, man. He, he, he Like I said, he's a big brother to me. And if it wasn't for him, I, I, I can promise you I wouldn't be in this position, man, because he's taught me so much about the game, and um, I, I, I'm just so thankful for him, man. Can you elaborate a little bit about how you ended up at Barry? Uh, you know, what, did you have other opportunities? What, what kind of really drew you to Barry instead of, uh, you know, some other maybe D2 or D1 offers you, you were looking at? Yeah, um, so my first official offer my senior year, I played 6A Georgia High School football. Um, my sophomore and junior year, we were in the – my freshman and sophomore year, we were in the second hardest region in the nation. Um, but we got reclassified. Went to, I was still playing 6A football. I won three games in four years in high school, so my high school team wasn't very good. Um, we had three different head coaches for four years that I was there. And we went one and nine my senior year. Um, I put up good numbers playing in a hard, a hard region, Aversham Central, and Mercer was my first official offer. Um, and they, I wanted to be a sports comm major at the time. I, I took a visit, took a game day visit. You know, they offered me. I was like, man, this is where I want to go. They called me Christmas break of my senior year and were like, hey, man, we have a JUCO kid we didn't think was going to get into the school. If he gets in, we're going to have to pull your preferred, uh, we're going to have to 
uh, pull your scholarship and give you a preferred walk-on. If he doesn't get in, your offer's still on the table. So he ends up getting in. They pull my offer, give me a preferred walk-on. So I was kind of stuck with nowhere to go. Um, and so, you know, I started getting emails from a lot smaller schools and me being, I don't know, just high on my ego at the time, thinking that I'm a D1 football player now. I, I'm like, man, I'm not going D3. I'm not, I'm not going D2. I'm going to go D1. So I had preferred walk-ons to D1 schools uh, like Kennesaw State. I took visits to Georgia Southern, places like that. Um, and then I had a D2 offer from Shorter, some NAIA schools. And Barry was actually the only D3 school that I visited. Um, my mom convinced me. She's like, you know, we need to go. So we got in the car, drove to Rome. It was two and a half hours. And, and I was like, ah, I, you know, I'm kind of doing this to please my mom even somewhat. And I was like, I, I don't, I'm not going D3. Well, I get down there and all of a sudden, you know, they got castles on campus and, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's, it's just a beautiful place, um, honestly. So I meet Coach K. Love the coaching staff. They're a brand new program. They had been a program for three years. Um, they were on their way up. They went from not scoring an offensive touchdown the first year to like three and seven, and then they went six and four the next year. Um, and they said, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to um, interview for a work scholarship program. It's called the Gate of Opportunity Scholarship. And lo and behold, I ended up getting the scholarship. That's how I ended up paying for school. I worked a full-time job all four years while I was at Barry. So I worked 20 hours a week, spring and fall semesters, and then I worked a nine nine to five job Monday through Friday every summer while I was there. So for, well, I guess three summers uh, while I was there. So that's how I ended up paying for school. Um, it ended up being like $200 a semester for a $52,000 a year school. And I ended up going. And um, I played significant time as a freshman, probably more than I would have for the first two or three years that I would have went to a deep D1 school, just trying to grow into my body and learn how college football is made and, and ended up paying off because my brother ended up coming to play with me at Barry as well. So I got to play two years with him there, and he was an all-conference tight end for us, man. So it all worked out. Um, God's plan is perfect. So yeah, that's um, it, all, awesome. it all went the way it was supposed to be. And Mason, I, I doubt you and I have much in common athletically, but I went one and nine my senior year as well. <laughs> <laughs> We we were all so terrible, so we do, we do have that in common. But uh, dude, that that story that's wild. We talked to so many guys that you know they go to college, they take it for granted, um, you know, and, and they just they, you know they keep thinking, oh, they owe me more, they owe me more. I should get this, I should get that, and they're just not satisfied. And then you come on and you talk about your strong work ethic. You talk about having a job while you're doing a full time division you know a full-time college athlete that's just insane to me that has to raise eyebrows and it just speaks volumes for your work ethic thank you i appreciate it well so we've talked about the competition being not a big deal we talked about you know how you you've proven that you have the measurables at your pro day you know we've talked about your strong work that work ethic we've talked about your ability to play special teams so what do you envision being the biggest challenge at the nfl I tell, I've had this, this talk with, with a lot of teams. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing for me, going into my senior year, sitting down talking to my head coach and things, I was thinking, you know, not really knowing. You know, I, I talked to NFL teams, but I hadn't had teams necessarily come by the school. We've never had a serious NFL draft prospect in my school, nothing like that. Didn't know how the process went. And all I was asking for is an opportunity. Um, I feel like I can get the job done on the football field. Um, and now it seems like I'm getting closer and closer to actually finally getting an opportunity to step out there and show people what I can do. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is learning, 
the playbook and learning the technique that they want me to do. And that's something that you can't come in with. You know, you don't, you don't come in knowing the playbook. You don't come in learning how teams want you to do things the way they do it, their system. Um, and, you know, that's something everybody has to adjust to. But as far as measurables and me being a football player, you know, I'm confident in myself, man. God's blessed me with a lot of talent. Um, but he's also blessed me with a great work ethic. Um, and I feel like I've busted my tail to get here. And, you know, I'm ready. Whenever we put the cleats on and strap the pads on, man, I'm going to be ready to go. Um, and whatever they ask me to do, I'm going to be ready to do it. So um, it doesn't matter if i got to sweep the bathroom floors every day uh, to make a roster. That's what I'll do. That's awesome. Um, we talked to we, we talked to a couple guys, and we always ask them, you know, who do you emulate your game after? Like, who's a player that when you watch their film, you envision yourself being like that guy? I mean, maybe not necessarily the best player or your favorite player, but a person you view as a, as a, a fine comparison or someone that you watch and take tips of. Who would that be for you? Um, I think – Okay, am I allowed to say more than one? Can I say two? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you kind of we talked about Tavares King, but you know, someone other than that. <laughs> Name as many as yeah, you want. Uh, yeah, um, I would say you know a lot of teams talk to me, and it's been brought up in conversation, kind of like they bring it up. I, I haven't brought it up, and they haven't asked me a question, but they'll be like, for instance, Julian Edelman. You know, because I think when they turn on the tape, some people see Julian Edelman or a version of a young Jules. And even talking to their receivers coach, I had a FaceTime interview with their receivers coach, and he was talking, you know, Jules this, Jules that. And, you know, I think a lot of people see that in my game um, or, or want it to be, you know, my game just because, I mean, he's been so successful. I mean, he's a Super Bowl MVP, so um, – and he, he does a great job at what he does. Um, but for me, somebody that I – when I step out on the field and I say this is who – when I, when I watch the tape and when somebody else turns on the tape, this is who I want them to think of is Steve Smith. Um, and I think that people forget so much about Steve Smith. It's always the Jerry Rices, it's the Randy Mosses, it's the Calvin Johnson. But Steve Smith is a dog. Um, it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your name is, how much money you make, he don't care. Um, you're going to go out there and he's going to give you the work every single down and you're going to feel him every single down. Um, and that's something that I shot that I went out to do this year, especially at the D3 level. I said, I'm going to dominate every single down, and they're going to feel me. At the end of the game, they're going to know that number 12 was out there. Um, and that, and that's, that's who I like to emulate after um, because I think this, he's just a straight dog, man, and he's not the biggest, he's not the fastest, he's not the strongest, um, but he's going to bust his tail, and you're going to feel him. Um, and and that's, that's who I like to be like. I like that. I do too, man. Steve, Steve, when you when I when I hear Steve Smith, all I think about is just how fierce of a competitor he was. Certainly, watching your film and, and reading uh, reading up about you, that's what we hear. You know, that's what that's what a lot of people say about you. So I think that's that's pretty cool. So with, with that said, what's your what's your favorite route to run? What do you what do you what did you enjoy running the most? Um, I think at Barry, you know, we, we like to stretch the ball vertical. We like to throw a lot of balls deep, um, you know, so it's easy to say a go route. But for me, you know, especially, you know, playing in the slide and things like that, I would probably say digs. I like running digs. Um, you know, you can speed cut digs. You can square cut digs. You can do a lot of creative stuff with dig routes. Um, and it can throw a lot of people off balance um, and, you know, completely juke people out of their shoes too. So um, I, I would say a dig route, yeah. That's that. Usually we hear slant, but that, that hey, the dig route, <laughs> the dig route's a good one too. I like that. So, and we talked about your your wide range of accomplishments in college, and we had Nathan Rourke on the show a couple uh, weeks ago, and we he he also had a very comparable resume of how he just dominated at OU. 
So what what's your favorite college moment? Favorite college moment. Um, I would, I mean, all together, um, I would say probably just being able to play with my brother. Um, it's an opportunity for me, you know, to actually get real playing time with my brother since, you know, we were 12 years old. Um, it was an awesome experience. It was easy on my family. It was fun for me and Garrett. Like I said, he was all conference and, you know, he did a lot for us this year and was a big part of success for our running game and scored even a few uh, passing touchdowns too, receiving touchdowns too. So, you know, that was an awesome experience because when I was in high school, he was a sophomore, I was a senior, he didn't play that much. So for him to come in and contribute as a freshman and then start and be all conference as a sophomore my senior year, man, it was special. And, you know, not a lot of people get – not only do not a lot of people get to play college football, but they don't get to do it with their brother. So that was awesome. That was an awesome time. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because yeah. Josh mentioned we, we interviewed Nathan Rourke probably a month or so ago, maybe six weeks ago, and we asked him that same question. He's in, in almost in the exact scenario as you were where his younger brother was actually the backup quarterback at, at OU, and we asked him this question. So who's better, you or your brother? <laughs> I don't know. You might have to ask him that, but uh, we, we can <laughs> every day. Um, I, I ain't even gonna, I'm not even going to start that family feud. We can't we, <laughs> I'm trying to have peace in this household. I can't. I can't start <laughs> Nathan Rourke came nah, out and just called his brother. He said, "It's me. I'm the best." Great <laughs> <laughs> to do that. I hear you, man. I hear you. Oh, that's great. That's that's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, it's crazy what you accomplished at your school. It feels like you're almost at like. I mean, I don't want to make your head too big, but you you talked about there being no prospects from your school to go to the NFL, correct? I mean, is that right? Yes, sir. So, I mean, recently, I you know, we obviously cover the Browns here. Oklahoma's going to build a statue for Baker Mayfield. Do you think that Barry owes you a statue, Mason? You can, just say it. Just no. say it. Oh, okay. No, I, All right, I, I man. Think, I, I think I might owe them something. You know, they believed in me, so they gave me a shot and That's awesome. you know, really trusted me with, with probably more than I could handle at times. And, uh, you know, it made me into a great man and a great player. So I, I probably owe them more than they owe me. That is such a humble yeah. answer. We're going to start the petition to get you that statue, though. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get that going. That's awesome, man. Well, it was it was really fun to have you on. Adam, do you have anything else you want to ask him? No, man. I, hey, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I had a lot of fun talking with you, man. And you're you know you're definitely going to be on an NFL roster here. Uh, Josh and I will be tuned in closely ten days from now. Next, uh, it'd be April 25th. That's a Saturday. That's day three of the draft. Well, hopefully, we can hear your name. We'll be your biggest supporters if that happens. Awesome, man. I can't wait. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's a blessing. Yeah, no problem. Where can people follow you on Twitter? Yeah, gotcha. No doubt. <laughs> what, 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 where can people follow you? What's your Twitter handle? Oh, oh, I thought you said uh, we'll continue to follow you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah follow we will. We will. Twitter, uh, at MasonKinsey87. I think that's so, my Twitter awesome, handle. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, and, we'll and, follow and, you. Don't worry about that. We want, we want everybody else to follow you, too, though. Oh, and, and full dis- <laughs> thank you. And full full disclosure too. I didn't know who you were until I saw you made the East West Shrine Game roster, and then I was like, "Well, who is this guy?" Went back and watched your film. I was like, "Wow, you you were an absolute freak." Did you did that, my last question? Then I'll let you go. Did you did a lot of people have that reaction? Were NFL teams talking to you before that, or was it just kind of like your senior year you you started to arrive on the on on the radars? Yeah, I had a junior day. Um, at West Georgia, 
with the Bucks and the Bills, and I ran a four four seven in the rain at my junior wow. day, and they were like, and they were like, oh man, who is this? I kind of, I think that kind of opened up the eyes of you know the rest of the NFL team. So because my sophomore year, I had like, uh, I don't really know the exact numbers, but like seventeen touchdowns and like twelve hundred yards or something. And then my junior year, I had like 18 touchdowns. My yards were a little bit less, but I had like 18 touchdowns. So they were curious because the stats were there. But, yeah. um, you know, I went out and ran a 4-4-7, and it was timed by NFL teams. And um, I think that kind of opened up teams' eyes to kind of who I was. And they had to turn on the film. And like I said, I had 24 teams. I got to sit down with 24 different teams over the fall semester and, you know, broke down film with some of them and just had generic conversations and answered basic questions. But, um yeah, I mean, even that's, the Shrine game, though, man, was an awesome opportunity. Yeah, that that's wild. And, we, you know, I, I'm not a, a Division three aficionado, but I do do my best. We're kind of in a little bit of a hotbed with the uh, OAC, with, you know, Ohio Northern, Mount Union, uh, Wittenberg, you know, a couple of the, you know, Jason Trusting came from there. We, we just moved five people from Mount Union. So, you know, I try to do my best. So I thought it was very interesting when I saw your name come across. But uh, we'll, we'll let you go. Good luck again. And I, we really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Yep. No problem, buddy. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right. That was Mason Kinsey from Barry College, uh, NFL prospect. He's definitely gonna. He's definitely gonna get a shot. I think he's gonna yep. get drafted. We're very excited for him. I mean, w- those are just amazing numbers, aren't they, Adam? Yeah, you're right. No, and I he mentioned I have I have his stats up right here. So his, his sophomore year, he had 77 catches, 1,245 yards for 17 touchdowns. His junior year, he had 52 catches. He mentioned a dip in yards. He only had 776, but he did have 16 touchdowns. Only. And then his senior year, only he had, had 700. <laughs> only, yeah. And then his, his senior year, he had 65 catches, 12, over 1,200 yards, and 16 touchdowns. So, and, and this is another impressive thing. He, you know, he didn't miss a single game due to injury. He's, he was very durable. He started every single game uh, from his Front returner, from sophomore kick year returner. on. Yeah, three-time first team, all SAA, uh, he, and he was 13 All-American um, his senior year this past year at Barry College. And, and you're right, he, if he, I, I hope he gets drafted. If he doesn't get drafted, he's definitely going to end up on a roster somewhere. 100%. And, 100%. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, he mentioned he's got, he's got a lot of dog games. So hopefully he can fight and scratch and claw and, and make his way onto a roster here. Man, that'd be really cool. And it's really hard to get your hands on his tape. I recommend everybody to just go YouTube him. But, uh, you know, we talk about the D3 level. Listen, I mean, I don't care who's guarding him. He's getting double team. He's getting bracket coverage. I mean, it's just it's crazy what what he accomplished with so much pressure on him. Yeah, um, you can watch yeah. his film. You can watch his film. You can see how often he's being double teamed, and he still catches balls. And it's not like he's this six four long, lanky receiver who can out-jump people. He's just out-physicaling, out-physicaling people. And being really strong at the point of contact and coming down with these throws, it's it's, it's really impressive to watch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, all right, that was the Browns Wire podcast. Make sure that everybody tunes in, they subscribe. Uh, you know, they reach out to us on Facebook. They join our Facebook group. We we have a very special show coming up. We're gonna do. Well, I can't. I, we haven't really decided yet, but we're gonna do a live mock draft. Well, yep. I guess it's not gonna be live. It's gonna be pre-recorded because we don't know how to do it live because I'm not that <laughs> technically savvy. But I, we're gonna we're gonna do a mock draft for you. We're gonna do the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, five, fifth round, sixth round, and yes, that's right, the seventh round. We're gonna do them all. We I, I don't th- we did. I think we're gonna dedicate one. This is gonna be starting on Saturday. We're gonna do the first round Saturday. Second, third round on Sunday, and so on and so forth. So uh, you make sure to tune in for that. And you can follow me on Twitter, at Josh Keatley 16 And uh, please feel free to reach out. Adam? 
Yep. You can follow me on Twitter, more M O O R E 2102. Uh, Josh, you mentioned our, our mock draft special that we're going to be coming out with here in the next couple of days. We've also been talking about maybe having like a live draft party uh, on Thursday for the first round. So we'll, we'll try to figure out the details and the technicalities behind that. We'll certainly, uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to put something together for you live. You can kind of uh, tune in uh, with us as well as, as with the drafts and kind of, you know, just hang out and shoot the shit with us and, and watch the draft with us. So we'll try to get that figured out for you and let you know where you can find it. Yeah, and if you've made it this far in the podcast, reach out to us. We'll, ha- we'll have you on. We will have you on the podcast. We'll let you have a team. We'll involve you in the mock draft. Just let us know. Just let us know. All right, All right this was your Brown Star podcast. And we'll see you.